when the soldiers and guards find Jesus in the garden, Jesus asks who they're looking for. They say, Jesus, the Nazarene. And he responds by saying, I am. It says, Judas and those who are with him fall to the ground in fear at this declaration. Jesus saying, I am, is not just saying, I am Jesus of Nazareth. He's also declaring that he himself is God. The Hebrew name for God, translated to English, is I am. In Hebrew, it's Yahweh. Jesus is not just a man, not just a prophet, not just somebody from Nazareth. He is God himself. God has come to save you. God saves you in only one way. That's by uniting himself to you. God is life itself. And for you to have life, that means you need God. So God has to come and unite himself to you, to come very close to you. The entire mission of Jesus, from the beginning to the end, is a mission of coming close to you, of uniting himself to you. He weds himself to you. This begins when God himself becomes one of us. So at the incarnation, God becomes a human being. Why does he do that? Because you're a human being and he's coming close to you. He's coming to be with you. And not only that, to somehow connect himself to you. So he becomes a human, taking humanity to himself. But he also takes your humanity, which means yeah, just the fact that you're weak and you're limited. He unites himself to you there. So you don't have to be ashamed of that anymore. All of your limits, the fact that you get tired, the fact that you get hungry, you get impatient sometimes, yeah, he has, he has united that to himself. So at the incarnation, he unites himself to us. At Jesus' baptism, he unites himself to us in a deeper manner. What happens at his baptism? At Jesus' baptism, he declares himself a sinner. Because you only get baptized if you're a sinner. That sounds strange, because did Jesus ever sin? No. No, never. But what's happening is, Jesus, in his baptism, is identifying himself with you, and you are a sinner, and I'm a sinner. So he's saying, hey, now your sins are my sins. So your sins are no longer a dividing, um, yeah, something that divide you from God, something in between you and God, but Jesus now stands beside you, and with you he holds your sins. St. Paul says, he who knew no sin became sin. So Jesus unites himself to us in a deeper way. He weds himself to us in becoming a sinner with us by holding our sins uh, with us. And now, Jesus comes to deal with our sins, to pay the price. He comes to save you. There's something that Good Friday is really, really uncomfortable until we surrender to the fact that Jesus is saving us. What do I mean by that? I think for the longest time, there's been in me this tension of like, I feel really bad, and so I want to do it. Like, I want, I want to like help or something, or like, what do I need to do to, to, to get saved, to like help Jesus save me? And I just sense God inviting me into this freedom of like, no, no, I'm just going to take care of it. I'm going to pay the price. I'm going to save you. You don't have to do it. 
like that's that's the point so Jesus in his passion on the cross he bears the weight of all of our sins and he enters into the deepest experience of sin which is feeling forsaken by God feeling distant from God Jesus enters into all that and bears all that because again he wants to unite himself deeply to you and to your experience he wants to save you Before he dies, Jesus says, I thirst. And the saints who know the heart of God well tell us that Jesus is not just thirsting for water. He is consumed with an overwhelming longing and a desire. And of course, that desire is for you. Even as he is bearing the full weight of all of your sins, Jesus' heart just cries out in desire for you. He does not resent you. He doesn't hate you. He doesn't feel owed by you, like you have to pay him back. No, he just longs for you. There's nothing you can do to get him to stop loving you that doesn't exist. He's all in to, towards you. You mean everything to him. You're worth everything to him. Jesus dies. Why does he die? Because he also wants to wed himself to your death because you're going to die someday. And he's not okay with you experiencing that alone. So there is a way that, and on the cross, Jesus is taking your own death and embracing it to his heart. He's taking it to himself. So now when you die, you won't die alone. No, because somehow he has already died your death. He's already there. There's nowhere that you can go that Jesus is not waiting there to catch you. He has wed himself to your humanity, to your life, to your sins, and to your death. In doing so, he has won for you salvation. Jesus dies. God dies. Because he loves you. And then the moments after his death, after we humans have caused his death and brought about his death, we hear that they wanted to make sure he was dead, so they pierced his side with a spear. And blood and water poured out. But it didn't just pour out, it poured out immediately. The church fathers saw Jesus in this moment with his side open. And they remembered Adam, our first father. Please remember, God looked upon Adam and said to him, It is not good for him to be alone. I will make a suitable partner for him. So he cast a deep sleep upon him and opened his side and from his rib fashioned a woman. And when God presented the woman to Adam after he had awoken, his heart exclaimed with joy, this one at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And he gave himself to her. So too, the father looks upon his son and says, it is not good for him to be alone. No, he needs a spouse. He needs a beloved. And so he cast a deep sleep upon him, which was the sleep of death. And in death his side was opened up. And from his side poured out the blood and water which would form the church, which would give you life. This blood and water are the way in which you become the beloved of Jesus Christ. The water is your baptism. By your baptism, you were made one with him. 
you were united to him. And that love, that connection that happened at your baptism, Jesus desires to consummate like any, any, any nuptial love. And he does that by giving you his own body. He does that, of course, in the Eucharist. He gives himself totally to you, to be united to you, to be wed to you. Take this, all of you, and eat of it. This is my body. I promise to be faithful to you in good times and in bad, in sickness and health, to love you and to honor you all the days of my life. Jesus on the cross wins for us salvation and the salvation immediately pours out of his heart. So now you and Jesus are just one. You are his beloved. He is in you and you are in him. And now you're safe. He's taken care of it. He's paid the price. Now you can just be loved. That's all he wants is to love you. So we don't have to do the work today. No, Jesus does it all. With an unfathomable love, he has loved us, come close to us, united himself and given himself to us. He has washed us clean and he has given himself totally to us in a union that is to last for all eternity, a union of love. So we adore the cross today. We draw near and we reverence and we kiss it because it is our salvation. It is the place where Jesus paid the price, where he gave himself, where he manifested his love. His heart is open now, wide open to you. And he just wants to draw you in and hold you close that you might be his forever.